In this episode, I'll talk about the different types of sessions that we can do with our horses. I'll share how math class, gym class, recess, and field trips all play different and important roles in the well-rounded education of your horse in horse school. All right, here we go. Horse school has different classes. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony. Because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Training horses, like most things, doesn't happen in just one simple straight line. I mean, even if you have one clearly defined goal, such as to do dressage or working equitation or jumping or reining, success still requires a multifaceted approach. I mean, doing the same routine every day can create muscle memory, but it can really dull the mind and limit your ability to go deeply into different aspects. You know, there's a quote, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy. (laughs) And horses are emotional and complex beings. And just as with humans, variety and cross-training works. So it's not just about different physical training routines. You can create more strategic training plans if you distinguish between mental education, physical education, playtime, and exposure. Now, at the risk of making some people gasp, this podcast is going to be full of anthropomorphism. (laughs) And I'm going to be doing this not because I think that horses are exactly the same as humans and kids going to school, but I do it to help you remember these different categories of training and perhaps better consider things from your horse's perspective, ironically. So this is just a model to help make a point. And in the words of human behavior expert Mark Bowden, all models are wrong, but some of them are helpful. So I really hope that you're going to find this helpful. And I became more and more aware that I was using this model and kind of had this way of thinking in my head. Uh, recently, when I was been, I, I've been training my three-year-old filly, Cora. So she's three at the time that I'm recording this. And uh, it's a cool age because at three years old, you know, she still has so much to learn. She has a lot that she needs to actually learn and understand. And she's old, mature enough that she can start to experience some physical training. So I'm not even riding her yet, but we're starting to, I'm starting to think about her physically and starting to install some physical habits. And it's also an age where she really needs to start having exposure right? And seeing new things and seeing the world and realizing what the world is full of that she might encounter. However, she's still really a kid. (laughs) I mean, she is still a baby horse. And, you know, these kids that really relish playtime. So it's a, it's a cool age. And I found myself, 
you know, going out to do my sessions and talking to her she, like she was a kid going to school. So sometimes my sessions with, with Cora have nothing to do with formal training or any kind of school. So that's those are the moments where we're just in the barn together and we're just being together, just hanging around. She often just voluntarily comes in the barn when I'm doing things with other horses. And it's like, okay, want to hang out here? Super cool. But there are obviously times when I do have a clear intention. And those are the times I'd say, okay, Cora, we're going to school today. It's school day for Cora. And yes, I do talk to my horses. Yes, I do it out loud. And uh, yeah, there you have it. (laughs) It works for me. I am not under the illusion that they are understanding my English. I'm not under the illusion that they have brains exactly like humans, but I still do it. I think it brings clarity. Uh, It can bring clarity. And this podcast came out of it because I was hearing what I was saying and I'm thinking this is actually quite useful. I'm just using my words to help put out the intention. So after I told her, hey, it's school day today, then I would tell her what class we were going to be taking at school today. So unlike in human school, where you go in the morning and you got all these different classes in a row, in my horse school, there was only one or maybe two different classes in a day. So sometimes I let her know we're going to go to math class. Sometimes we went to gym class. Sometimes we went out and had recess. And sometimes we went on field trips. So let's take a look at each of those different ones and what I mean by them. And also, if you're listening to this, uh, just know that I made a video for the video classroom on exactly this subject. So if you're listening to this as we go and you're having trouble picturing exactly what I mean by these different classes or what it would actually look like to go have a math class with a horse, uh, you can go to the September 2023 videos and look for the video uh, for September 2023 called Horse School. Okay, so math class. And uh you can you can't see me, but I'm I have little air quotes happening when I say math class. So this is not about teaching your horse how to count or do arithmetic, but math class in air quotes is where we're going to learn something really specific that's true. All right? So one plus one equals two, and in the same way, if I put a feel on your haunches with intention, so a feel plus intention equals move your haunches. (laughs) Simple. So math class exercises are my cute anthropomorphized way of saying this is a clear exercise and it's focused on the horse learning something or gaining mental clarity. This equals that. When I do this, you do that. When you do this, I do that. So I, I think about at the end of a quote unquote math class, my horse should feel smarter at the end of those sessions. So something I also use a lot, and I use this with my students is I say, all right, at the end of this session that you're trying to do with your horse, 
imagine that you're all done. Your horse goes back out to the pasture or wherever he or she lives. And their pasture mate walks up and goes, hey, hey, Cora, what did you learn today? I want to imagine that Cora would be able to say something like, ah, well, when she touches my hind end with that special energy, it means she wants me to move my hindquarters. So that's, that's a helpful, I think it's a helpful device to, for me to remember and for me to give students, because even though, do we know, do we think horses talk to each other like that? No, (laughs) but if they did, could you build a training session where you're pretty sure that your horse got that, got that so well that the sentence you were trying to teach and convey to your horse that they knew it so well that they could actually teach it to, or explain it to another horse. I feel like I have to keep explaining my anthropomorphism. I'm just going to give that up. This is how I talk to horses. This is how I think. It works for me. Maybe it'll work for you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, in order for math class to be beneficial, We have to make sure that the horse is in a state of mind and a state of body where they're able to learn. So in math class, if they have distractions, if they have distracted nervous energy, if they're emotional, if they just simply have too much pent up energy, then likely they're not going to be able to concentrate. So we need to think about that. There's certain days I might want to teach Cora something, but she's in a totally different emotional state or is bouncing off the walls. That might not be a good day to just have her sit down and do, you know, quote unquote, arithmetic. So it just might mean I need to do something else first. She needs a different class early in the day to be so that she can arrive to math class later in a good state of mind to learn. We have to remember we're trying to teach them, not force them, not control them, not make them, but teach them so they understand. And so part of that understanding is we need to test it by giving them an opportunity to show us that they know the answer, right? And it's so common in the horse world to just help the horse find the answer, even if they don't know the answer, right? Just keep that leg on. (laughs) Don't take that outside hand off. Or you might find out that they don't really know what you're doing. You're just having to hold them there. Keep a short lead rope, right? So in math class, it's about mental clarity. We need to explain something to them, give them a chance to think about it, and give them the opportunity to show us whether they know the answer or not. So the goal is that they end up learning it, not that they do it. So if they if they don't do it right away, that's great information. It means you haven't taught it to them yet. And you'd have to go to more math class. <laughs> so it's our job to explain things well. If our horse's behavior isn't, quote, adding up, see what I did there? Or if they're having trouble, it doesn't mean that they're bad at math or stupid. It means we haven't figured out the best way to explain it to them yet. Next, gym class. Gym class is where we practice and improve our horse's physical abilities. So the focus could be on building strength, 
coordination, or stamina. We could be looking to increase suppleness, straightness, carrying power. All of those have different protocols and different exercises designed to achieve them. This is also the class where you might be seeking to improve specific movements or abilities um, specific to your particular discipline, jumping grids or practicing your slide stops or maneuvering through obstacles. So this is where, this is, I think, the class that most people are thinking about when they go to school their horse, right? The horse is supposed to work. They're supposed to, you know, be strong and be in this certain thing and accomplish a certain thing with their bodies. And, you know, in dressage, it's all about, you know, being engaged and being balanced. And it's so much focused on the body, the body, the body. It's exercise, exercise, exercise all the time. So of course, of course, this is a big part of horse training, but I like, I like to separate it out and say, it's not just the assumption that we're going to go out and make our horse's bodies move. It's just one of the choices. It's gym class. So we're doing it consciously, not as a default. Now, in order for gym class to be beneficial, the horse has to understand the instructions and the rules of the game. Right? So they, if they don't understand the aids for shoulder in, then spending an hour wrestling with your horse's body and doing it one more time, <laughs> the famous one more time, and if you do one more time a hundred times when your horse isn't really understanding it and you're having to use all those controlling aids, you know, that paragraph of aids that they list <laughs> in the dressage manual. Oh my gosh, I read a, I saw a article on Facebook that somebody wrote the, the seven aids for a canter depart. And I mean, it was like the half alt was in there twice, just in the, for a canter depart and it had, you know, outside rein, then outside leg there. And you got it. If, as long as you do these seven steps, I'm like, how about you just canter <laughs> have your horse come with you? I mean, maybe you need all those aids, but I wouldn't plan on it. I mean, like try just cantering. <laughs> Anyway, so I just kept thinking about if you're, if you're practicing, you know, two different half halts at different times in the middle of this trot to canter depart and outside legs and easy legs, and you're, if that's what you need to do to get your horse to canter, you haven't explained it to him. He doesn't understand the seat aid and you're just going to be building the wrong muscles of, and you too, as a rider, holding, driving, pushing, getting it done. So anyway, I never got through that whole sentence. <laughs> so if they don't understand the aids for something, then spending an hour wrestling with your horse's body and doing it one more time, a hundred times, is only going to build the wrong muscles and the wrong coordinations. If your horse doesn't know how to respond to the aids for shoulder in with lightness, you need to go back to math class and explain it. Oh, when you do this, I do that. When you do this, I do that. So I teach first step, best step. You want to teach it until you can get first step, best step. Not the best ever. Just the horse goes, oh, I get it. Sure. Now you can go over to gym class and strengthen it and build the stamina and build the coordination and the suppleness and the straightness and the carrying power. So also as an excellent gym class teacher, 
you are going to need to know the art of motivation. Very few individuals love doing squats and push-ups on their own. So you're going to need to be a master of inspiring effort. And sometimes it's as simple as taking things outside the arena to a more naturally inspiring location. And also keeping in mind, especially when you're out there with a young horse, maybe there's certain things that your horse naturally loves to do and naturally really hates to do. And I hope that along the way, you're able to cater your horse's career (laughs) to their natural um, aptitudes and desires. Okay, recess. (laughs) We've got... We've got math class, we've got gym class, and there's recess. That's an important part of school, especially for the younger ones, right? So recess is when kids get to break loose. You know, the doors of the school open and everybody gets to go outside and run around. Or they actually get to just chill out somewhere, sit under a tree and be quiet and away from everybody for a while. So recess is where horses can let their inner unicorn express itself in any way they want. Recess is when they get to do what they want to do, and you get to be a hero to them by giving them this opportunity. And that's really the important part. It's where they get to do what they want to do, and you can be the hero by giving them the opportunity. Now, the goal of recess is to end up calm and refreshed and energized. So if in school, if kids are falling asleep, recess can perk them up. In school, if kids are fidgeting in their seats, recess can help them release that energy and be able to sit quieter and concentrate later. So the result of a well-done recess is the student comes back in a more optimal state of mind and a more optimal state of body to do whatever activities are coming up next. It also can be used to kind of clear things out. So maybe there was a hard math class in the first part of the day. You can use recess almost like a reward and kind of like, Ooh, that was hard, but like leave them with a great feeling. All right, now let's go gallop through that field or kick around the ball at Liberty or just let's go hang out together in the shade. Whatever it is, it's going to make the horse go, that was awesome. That was fun. That was just what I needed. So in order for recess to be beneficial, it has to meet the need of the individual in that moment right? Because we're different on different days too. But you can't take an exhausted introvert and take them to recess and say, okay, go play dodgeball. (laughs) And, you know, if you do that, don't expect them to be in a better state of mind afterwards. That could be traumatic. Similarly, you can't take an extrovert who's bouncing off the walls and ask him to go sit in the shade and read poetry you know, don't be, if you do that, don't be surprised if he launches a rebellion. (laughs) So you need to really know your horse and read your horse 
and pay attention to what he needs and what he likes and how different things affect his behavior afterwards. Recess is all about setting up a circumstance and giving your horse as much freedom as possible to do as he likes with it. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. Okay, this brings us to field trips. So field trips are when you go see something new. It's an experience. Many of my childhood field trips are engraved in my memory from like eighth grade hiking trip to Bear Mountain to away games with the marching band. And they not only exposed me to things outside my normal routine, but they caused me to experience my classmates and my teachers in a new way. So field trips are also where you can take things that you've learned and put them into practice in some normal life setting, this outside of school. So in order for field trips to be beneficial, there really has to be trust. Kids need to trust the teachers and trust the situation. Now, it's natural for some individuals to have some trepidation about the unknown. So there needs to be enough trust to be able to still go there. And sticking your toes in the water of new environments can turn the cautiousness or trepidation into a positive experience that leaves the individual feeling more empowered and more confident than they started. And the same is true for our horses, right? The horses need to trust us and we need to trust them enough that we're not scared to do it. But we got to start sticking our toes in the water of new experience. Now back to the kid analogy, you know, parents need to give a lot of thought before signing that permission slip, right? They need to think about their child. Is their child going to be okay in that situation with those people? So as horse owners and trainers, we need to be equally thoughtful about the situations that we send our horses into with us or with other trainers. And without thoughtfulness, and trust, a situation can cause the fear, you know, turn trepidation into fear, and that fear can escalate and take an individual right over the edge, emotionally and 
some cases, maybe physically, if you're riding on the side of a cliff before you're ready. So in these field trips, these trips outside the farm, or even if it's still on your, your same property, you can create new experiences on the property or new things to expose them to. But it's these field trips where you're going to find out just how good your foundational training and your relationship with your horses are. You're going to need leadership and be able to talk about boundaries. You know, without the leadership necessary to control the boundaries, a fearful horse can quickly get into a situation that's actually dangerous for him and you. But if you don't make the effort to plan these field trips, you're going to miss out on exposing your horse little by little, consciously, strategically. And then he'll either, if you don't do that, he's either not going to be prepared for the real world out there, or you're never going to feel like you can go out there. So it's worth being strategic and thoughtful about how to set your horse up for field trips. All right. So there we did it. Math class, gym class, recess, and field trips. The next time you decide to sit down and make your weekly plan for your horse, and I hope you are making a weekly plan for your horse, consider what your horse needs in order to have a beneficial school day, a beneficial school week, I should say. So instead of just going out and working on stuff, you can strategically consider the bigger picture. And maybe, I hope, thinking of different classes in this way can remind you of the intention of what you're heading out for on that day. So before you start, you know, heading out with your horse, stop and ask yourself, what's the intention of this session? Which class are you doing today? What does your horse need? And what can you do today that's going to make tomorrow better? If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.